Welcome to the Grace College Podcast, a ministry of Grace Bible Church located in College Station, Texas. We desire to impact students who will impact the world for Christ. Hope you enjoy the talk and hang around for more after. Uh, Well, you can have a seat and hopefully uh, you can hear me all morning. Uh, We've been having a few difficulties, but it's okay uh, because I'm so glad that you're here. Ultimately, that's why we're here, right? We're here to hear from the Lord and, and I'm here. It's so excited to be joined with with you by you know alongside of you. Uh, I am Jacob Smith. That is my name. Uh, that was a weird way to introduce myself. I am Jacob Smith, but my name is Jacob Smith, and I'm our teaching pastor here for our uh, college ministry here at our Anderson campus here at Grace. And man, we're just excited to to move into this new season, right? Uh, maybe not the new football season. Maybe we're a little discouraged, but. Things can be better, right? They're upwards and onwards. Uh, you can always rise from the bottom. And uh, we have uh, really, we've been walking through a, a situation in our scripture. We've been looking at the life of a man named Joshua. And what we've been seeing through that in the last couple of weeks and over the next one or two weeks is that ultimately when we find ourselves in a new place, uh, it can be challenging, right? It can be, it can be intimidating to find yourself kind of stepping on a new ground. And yet what we see in the life of Joshua is, is a person who's in a situation much like ours, on the precipice, on the edge of something brand new, starting out a new year, maybe a new college experience, maybe a new semester or a final semester, whatever it is. I mean, it's a new time, and what we find is that as he steps into that new place, he still stands on the promises that God had made. He essentially remembers what God had already told him. And when he does that, that's how he finds success in that new ground. Because, you know, a lot of times when we reach somewhere new, as we're moving into the unknown, uh, we need to, for our own benefit, we need to remember where we've been, right? It, it can be hard when we fail to remember what's important. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. I am totally blanking. What is the thing? Break Nobody tell him. What? No. Why? You got it. You're so close. Break me off a piece of that. Applesauce. Break me off a piece of that applesauce. I don't think that. Piece of that Chrysler car. Nope. Football cream. Okay. Ah! It's football cream. It's football cream. All right. So. Break me off a piece of that lumber tar. Snickers bar. Okay. Wow, wow, this looks uh, terrible. Break me off a piece of that great... Andy, Andy, this is a pivotal scene in the ad. Fall to Van Damme. Hair for men. Poison gas. Ultra sweet. It's got to rhyme with peace. Fancy feast. Break me off a piece of that fancy feast. It's a cat food. Nailed it. Nailed it. It can be hard for us, right? It can be really challenging as we move into, move forward if we're forgetting where we've already been. We, we recognize as individuals, you know, our past experience, it always shapes our future expectation. That's why it's important to remember where we've been as we go somewhere new because our past experience, it always shapes our future expectation. Uh, we see this just in and out of our daily lives. You, you, when you were signing up for your classes, uh, you went to a certain site. You went to ratemyprofessors.com, uh, formerly Pick a Prof. That's what it was in my day. But you went to that website. Uh, it was probably like the first website ever created because as soon as the internet existed, they were like, we need to figure out who gives good grades. And so 
You went there, why? Not to figure out like, oh, is he nice? Like, no, you went there to look at that GPA average to see if those test grades be like, okay, yeah, 90% of the class gets a D. Oh, uh, no, thank you. Right? That's not the direction you're going to head. You, you want to allow past experiences to kind of shape what to expect. You, you want to know that moving forward. When, when you maybe watched a football game last night in person or at home, maybe you reached a point where you're like, you know what? I don't think we need to recognize football safeties. Like safeties shouldn't be a thing. Like that's Let's just be done with it, right? And like that was the sentiment of Texags for the last 24 hours of just like, nope, we're over it. Like you had an experience and that experience then shapes what you expect to find as you move forward. Maybe you've had a bad experience at a restaurant. Man, we've, maybe a lot of us have had that time where like you go to this place and you get sick either from the food or maybe it's unrelated, but you just can't go back, right? I just, I, I can't go to on the border, right? I have nothing against borders or being on them, but... They know what they did, and I can't go there. I just can't. We allow our past experiences to shape our future expectations. We do this in, in so many ways where maybe we even find ourselves right here at the beginning of this new semester. We are so stressed out about school. Why? Because of last semester, because of last year, because of experiences that we had or, or things that happened in high school or the grades that we made on that last test. Suddenly we find ourselves so anxious and fearful of certain situations because the last time we were in that situation, we, we made a mistake or, or we got hurt. And so suddenly we're afraid to step into that organization or into that relationship or into whatever it might be because there was a past experience that was so horrific. We're avoiding a person. Some of us are avoiding an individual and that person's name just came into your head right now. And you're like, I don't want to see him. I can't talk to her. I don't want to be around him. I don't want to see them over the break. I can't go, you know, I, we, we are avoiding that person. Why? Because there was a blow up in our past. There was a missed expectation. There was a, there was a pain. There was a cut that's still deep, that still hurts. And that past experience, what it does is it shapes our future expectation. We're afraid of being in those situations with those people or in those classes or whatever because we remember what happened last, last time, right? That, that, that's just who we are. We, we, we find ourselves fearful of where we're going because we remember where we've been. That's, that's, that's just the, the state of our reality. And yet what we see in the life of Joshua, what we're going to look at this morning, is that Joshua didn't fear what lay ahead of him because he remembered not what he had experienced or what he had done. He's not fearful of moving forward because he remembers who's actually calling him forward. He, he actually remembers what God has done, right? He doesn't wrestle with what he should be doing because he remembers what God had already done in his life. And what's beautiful is that what we'll see in the life of Joshua, what we'll see in the nation of Israel is the, is the reality that, yeah, our experience, it can shape our expectation. But man, at the same time, if we are people who are celebrating, man, what that does is it builds anticipation. If we're remembering what is good, if we're remembering what is great, if we're remembering the work of the Lord, man, we anticipate even more so what lies ahead. That's what God desires for his people. That's what he desires for his community, that they would be a people who celebrate what he has accomplished. And it, then it prepares us to anticipate what he's about to do. See, we, we see this play out in the life of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 3, where the Lord tells Joshua, This very day I will begin to honor you before all Israel, so that they will know that I am with you, just as I was with Moses. 
So instruct the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant when you reach the bank of the Jordan River, wade into the river. So God is coming to Joshua, the the leader of his people, and and God says, hey, I'm going to do something amazing. He says, I'm going to do something incredible. And I'm doing this so that the people will know that I'm with you, right? They had this other leader, Moses, and, and Moses made some mistakes and he fell, uh, he kind of lost his faith in what God was doing. And so Moses didn't get to lead the people into this kind of final step into the promised land across this river. And, and so God raised up Joshua instead. And he says, hey, I'm going to do something absolutely unbelievable. I'm going to create this unforgettable experience for the nation of Israel so that they know that I'm on the move, so they know I'm here and I'm going to started by just having these guys just walk into a river. This, it's a few hundred feet across. I mean, it's a, it's a big, powerful river. He says, I'm going to want you to send your lead guys into that river. And this is what happens. They carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and they stood firmly on dry ground right there in the middle of the Jordan. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until the entire nation was on the other side. God says, I'm going to do something amazing in your midst. And then he does it. Right, so right off the bat, we're seeing the Lord make a promise and then fulfill it. And his promise was, I'm going to create an unforgettable experience for the nation of Israel. Something that they could, just, they could never possibly forget. Because we as individuals, man, we as people, what we do is we will carry unforgettable experiences with us forever. Right? That's why we call it unforgettable. Because it's something that generally is emotionally charged. This is just, this is the science of your brain. When you have an emotionally charged moment, that moment, that experience, that, that, that mindset or that event, it is so much more likely to stick with you for the rest of your life. As many of us, we can look back and we remember those high points in our life, right? We have those high emotion moments even when we were kids, right? I still remember the fateful Christmas, when I received not only a Stretch Armstrong, but also a Tamagotchi. And you look at these things, and you're like, man, that looks like garbage. And you know what? It was. But when you're like nine, a doll filled with like corn syrup is amazing, right? That's what Stretch Armstrong is, in case you didn't know. Of course you don't know. But he would stretch. Look, you can even see. Look at this kid. Look at him. He's pulling Stretch Armstrong. It's very blurry, but you can kind of tell. That's what he would do. He would stretch. <laughs> All right. It was cool. Tamagotchis. So amazing. They would poop and die. And that was it. Like, that was, that was the point of a Tamagotchi. But it would beep at you while it died. So that was what was cool. And, man, I just I still distinctly remember that Christmas. I remember being at my grandparents' house. I remember receiving those gifts. I remember that moment of, gosh, just this is it. Like, I've reached the pinnacle of existence. I can stretch this guy, and the whole time I'm killing a digital pet? Like, oh, yes, yes. I remember that so distinctly. A lot of us, man, we can look back and we remember these high points in our lives, these moments that were just unforgettable experiences when we had that academic or athletic victory, right? When we found ourselves at the top, we, we succeeded against all odds, right? We won that debate or we tack, tackled that quarterback or, you know, whatever it is. Man, we had that moment of high point. We remember those emotionally charged, exciting moments. We, some of us remember our first kiss, right? We think back, we're like, oh, yeah. Cindy, or I don't know, whatever. Maybe it was a result of that athletic victory. I don't know, like, wow, a twofer, right? But you can look back 
and you remember those emotionally charged, exciting moments. Maybe it's a trip you went on or a time you had with friends or a birthday party or whatever it is. Man, we can look back and we can see these things. We remember these unforgettable experiences because, man, it was just, it makes an impact on us in the moment and it carries with us for a lifetime, the good and the bad. Right, see, that's, that's the unfortunate thing is that a lot of times what happens is we find ourselves remembering those emotionally charged moments that aren't necessarily awesome, right? We remember those high points that we've experienced, but we also remember the low points that we've experienced. And, and those moments can really stick with us, especially if someone records it on national TV. Making memories, right? That's, that's what it's all about. Making memories. <laughs> he will probably remember this, right? This is, or maybe he won't because of the concussion, but because of the brain trauma. But these are the things that also stick with us. The low points that we've experienced. Maybe it wasn't a huge victory in our life. Maybe it was a defeat. Maybe we thought we were going to come out on top, and yet we've, we failed. Right? We, we were defeated in, in, in sports or in school or in an organization. Maybe we ran for class president and we just didn't get it. We applied for that position and it just didn't come through. And those low points that we experienced, I mean, it sticks with us. Maybe we had an incredibly negative or, or a traumatic experience with, uh, of a sexual nature. Maybe we've had a negative sexual experience. That, that will stick with us. Some of us still feel the pain of that of those things that can just happen to us. There, there might have been trauma in your family, a relationship that fell apart or a, a, a tragedy that occurred, someone, a, a death that was unexpected. And the reality is that, man, we carry with us not just those high points, but those low points as well, those, those low points that we've experienced. And even more tragically, we oftentimes carry with us the kind of low things that we've not only experienced, but the low things that we've done. And the guilt and the shame that sticks with it. And when I was walking into my sophomore year of college, I was living in a house with some of my good friends, dudes that I'd grown, a few guys that I'd known for many years, a few guys I had met uh, just over the course of freshman year, one of them through Impact, things like that. And, and we had kind of at the last minute this sort of final roommate that got put into our home. And, and when he was kind of placed, uh, I, we didn't really know him. Like he was kind of a friend of a friend, but we were like, hey, we're just going to make it work. Like this will be fine. Um, and I'll tell you, we, he and I just clashed. We just didn't have... We, our, our personalities were almost too similar in some ways and then very different in others. And so what happened was we had a lot of friction and frustrations between the two of us. And, and what I did is I handled it really poorly. I was not kind or gracious or forgiving or welcoming to this guy. 
And I would find reasons to just dig at them. I would find excuses to, to, to throw them under the bus. We, we, would, we would heap these, like, these kind of negative comments on him, me and another couple guys. I mean, we, we would gang up on him, and we would tell him, oh, you don't, like, do, you're not contributing to this and that. And he would try, and we would make fun of his efforts. And it was a no-win scenario for him. That's what I created for this guy who, who was a fellow believer who just was wanting to enjoy his sophomore year with his, some friends and make some new buddies. And, and, and I'll tell you, even though he went through all these efforts and built all these bridges, man, I just burned him. And I carry that. I feel regret about that relationship. I'm guilty of sinning against him. And that's not something that I can just go fix. And all of us have these experiences or these moments or these motivations or these actions or these words or these moments where we were cruel or these moments where we betrayed someone, these moments that that brought just shame upon ourselves and others. And man, that's something that we simply want to forget and yet can't. We carry it with us. And that past experience, it shapes our future expectation and we become more fearful about what's next because of what lays behind us. But see, that's what's beautiful about this moment in Joshua. In the life of Joshua, in the the life of the nation of Israel, what he's doing is he's not pointing them at something that they've done or that they've said or that they've accomplished. Instead, what he's doing is he's pointing them back at what the Lord is doing. Right, when he's about to send these guys in the middle of this river to to, to instigate this miraculous event of a a river drying up, the waters being held back so that the entire nation, two million people, could walk across on dry ground. What happens is he pulls aside the leaders and he says, this this is what you can't miss. He says, this is what you got to realize. You've got to come here. You've got to listen to the words of your Lord, of the Lord your God. He says, this is what you can't forget. He says, this is how you will know the living God is among you and that he will truly drive out before you the Canaanites. He says, this is why this is happening because God's showing you that he's faithful that he's reliable. He says, don't miss this. God is holding back the waters. He's bringing you across this river to show that there's nothing that can stop him. Look, the Ark of the Covenant of the ruler of the whole earth is ready to enter the Jordan ahead of you. This is the first time we see this, this title given to the God of Israel, the living God, Yahweh. He's given this new name, the ruler of the whole earth, the Lord of all creation. And what's being signified in this is they're saying, man, this is a God who's ultimately in control, right? This is a God who's going to move in these powerful ways. And when we see that, when we experience that, as we physically stand on that ground that's miraculously dry, what that's going to do is it's going to shape what we expect moving forward. Joshua says, that's where your focus should lie. That's where your mind needs to go. That's what you need to remember, You need to remember the work of your Lord because in that experience, man, it's going to change what you expect. You've experienced defeat. Joshua could have told them about ways that they had disobeyed, ways that they had failed. Their entire, the entire generation before them died in the desert because they had lost faith in the Lord. 
They'd lost sight of his promises. Joshua doesn't say, hey, look at those failures in your past. Look at the wrong things that you've done. Why don't you learn from banging your head against that wall? He doesn't say that. He says, this is what I want you to look at. I want you to look at the God who can push aside a river, who's going to push aside your enemies. The God who's Lord of all creation, heaven and earth. The one who's going to deliver you from every enemy. Right? He says, man, you've experienced defeat, but you can expect deliverance. Why? Because the Lord, your God, is on the move. God is reminding them of the reason for their faith. See, that's something that we should never lose sight of as God's people. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, your trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you've been adopted into the family of God, that is a faith that is reasonable. And it's built on experience. And it's built on knowledge. It's not just sitting on top of a mountain of emotion and circumstance. One of the ways that I've heard this described, one of the best ways this described, C.S. Lewis, a author, philosopher, I mean, he writes in his book, Mere Christianity, about this fact, about the fact that our faith should be reasonable, that it's grounded in truth. He says, I was assuming that if the human mind once accepts a thing as true, it will automatically go on regarding it as true until some real reason for reconsidering it turns up. In fact, I was assuming that the human mind is completely ruled by reason, but that is not so. He's saying there are people that that push back. I'm like, man, if I'm I'm really believing in the Lord, if I put my faith in Jesus Christ for for the forgiveness of my sins, why do I still have moments of doubt and frustration and anxiety? Right? It's, it's a moment, and it's a, it's a sense that we all find ourselves in at times. You say, man, what's God doing? Or, man, am I really in this? Or, man, is this, is this really who I am now because of these events or because of these experiences, because of the things that I'm still saying, the things I'm still doing? C.S. Lewis says, man, people, I now realize, they're, they're not ruled by reason. He says, these, it's not that they're hitting a reasonable, or they're not hitting a reason to doubt. He says, for example, my reason is perfectly convinced by good evidence that anesthetics do not smother me and that properly trained surgeons do not start operating until I am unconscious. It's like, I know that when I go to the hospital, I'm getting an operation done. I know that the anesthesia, anesthesia is going to work. I'm not, I'm not allergic to it. I'm not going to die. And, and I know that the surgeons are going to wait until I'm completely out before they start. You know, like they're not going to get a jump start on that. And yet, that does not alter the fact that when they have me down on the table, they clap their horrible mask over my face. A mere childish panic begins inside of me. And I start thinking I'm going to choke. I'm afraid that they're going to start cutting me up before I'm properly under. In other words, I lose my faith in anesthetics. Why? It's not reason that's taking away my faith. On the contrary, my faith is actually based on reason. But it's my imagination and my emotions. And the battle is between faith and reason on one side and emotion and imagination on the other. You see, Joshua knows that it is easy for us as people. He knew it's easy for Israel. God knows it's easy for us to allow emotion and imagination, to allow the fleeting changes of the moment to push 
on our faith, to push on our trust, even though we might know it's true, even though we might know that we've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, he knows that there's still going to be moments, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be times where we, we begin to maybe doubt that. We will doubt that maybe that God is really good. We're going to doubt that he really has the power to deliver us from sin and death and, and situations. And what we need to realize is that those moments, they're not based in reality. They're not based on reason. They're based on the emotions of the moment. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more powerful than coming back to that reason. That's why we need those experiences. That's why we need reminders. That's why Joshua's saying, man, I want you to remember what God's done right here, right now. Because it's those reminders that bring us back to the reason for our faith. And I'll tell you, I have this incredible advantage over you in the fact that I work in ministry with students like yourselves, and I am reminded of the reasons for my faith constantly through the life change that happens in your lives. And and I just want to thank you for that, for the blessing that you are for me, for, for my faith. It's strengthened as I get to hear from you, as I get to, to, to know your stories, as you explain maybe where you've been and where you are, as you explain how the gospel intersected your life. I, mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been encouraged and my faith has been strengthened in hearing one of you tell me about how you recognize that you were a sinner and that Jesus Christ had to come and step out of heaven and onto earth to live the perfect life that you couldn't live. Right, to die the death that you deserve, to, raise, to rise again three days later, to, to, to prove his power over that sin, over that death, over those things that were holding you down. He, he says, man, you can have a new identity. And, and some of you, man, you've told me these stories about how you found yourself no longer a child of wrath, but adopted as the son or daughter of the Lord Most High. And that you were able to then see a new purpose in life. You were able then to find new passions that were awoken within you. You got to see the Lord change not just your life, but the lives of others through you. And when you've told me these stories, as I get to hear and remember alongside of you, man, what it does is it strengthens my faith. As children of God, we have the opportunity to remember our redemption. I mean, to remember what God has done through Jesus Christ, who came and lived and died and rose, and who's coming again. Right? That's what's so encouraging, is that we know this isn't the end. We know that there's a life beyond this world. We remember how we're forgiven and why we then forgive. And suddenly, we can be a people who expect forgiveness in failure. We can expect to find life in death. Suddenly, uh, that experience that we can look back on, it changes what we expect moving forward. And even though there is that pain and that hurt, some of which was caused to us, some of it was caused by us, we no longer have to look at those experiences and, and find our identity in the pain and the hurt and the mistakes and the failure. Now we look back and we see a greater, higher stronger experience that Jesus Christ came and lived and died and rose for you. You're no longer a slave to fear. You're a child of God if you've trusted in Jesus Christ. And suddenly that experience, it changes everything. It changes everything about the way we move forward. And that's why I would encourage you, man, Know your story. 
there's some of us that we don't know Jesus the way that I'm talking about it. There's some of us that, that, that we're here because, man, we, we were invited by a friend or we just kind of, on a whim, we felt kind of the tug in, in, our, in the seat of our emotion. We're like, man, I'm just going to go. I'm going to try this. I'm going to hear from the Lord. Some of us, I mean, we, we're not in the family of God. I know that. But there's a lot of us that are. And, and for those of us that are there, that we've crossed that, that threshold, we've entered, we've left death and we've entered life. There's a story in that. And whether or not you think it's unremarkable, I'll tell you, it's an incredible story that you were dead and made alive. And so you should know that story. You should be ready to share the, the reason for your faith. You should be willing to share the reason for the hope that you have. You should be ready to share your testimony. That's what, that's what we, that's how we describe it. We say, man, you should be willing to share that, that incredible testimony about what God's done in your life. And I would just encourage you, I would ask you, if that's something that, that you want help in, you're like, man, I don't know how to frame that, or I, I don't know where opportunities are to really share that. I mean, you come and talk with me. Come and talk with one of the leaders that will be at the back of the room, with one of the staff members that'll, that's around. And share your story with us, and let us help you use that story to, to proclaim the goodness of the Lord. Or maybe you're just like, man, I, this, yeah, it's good, but I don't have time to talk. This is what I want you to do. I want you to email me your story. I mean, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear just what God's doing in your life. I would love to hear what, what's, what's been going down over this past year, this summer. Maybe it was a lifetime. Maybe it was when you came to faith. Maybe it was when you just saw God in a new way. I mean, I don't know. But man, I would love to hear your story. Please don't hold it back. Please help other people like me remember alongside of you that our God is good, that he's faithful, that he can move rivers and and vanquish enemies and deliver us from any situation. See, that's what the nation of Israel saw. That's why Joshua feels confident in telling him, hey, you need to go in front of the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan, and each of you is to put a stone on his shoulder according to the number of Israelite tribes, and the stones will be a reminder to you. Joshua's saying, I don't want this moment to just pass by. He says, I want you to literally get a rock, get a giant rock, and take it into the river, and when your children ask you someday, hey, why are these stones important to you? You can tell them how the water of the Jordan stopped flowing before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the water of the Jordan stopped flowing. He says, this is what I want you to do. He says, I want you to set up these giant stones as a reminder of what God's done. This old school geo filter, right? He's like, that's what I want you to do. I want you to set up this place and he's not saying, I don't, and I don't want you to chisel the story of what happened into the stones. I want you to then tell your children about it. When other people see it and they're like, oh, what's that all about? You can tell them, right? Because God, he allows us as his people to play a role in remembering and celebrating his work of salvation. That's what's so beautiful is that once you're in the family of the Lord, he says, man, I have a role for you. I have a purpose for you. I want you to be a person who tells other, other people about me. He doesn't just call himself the, the Lord of all the earth, right? When God refers to himself, many times the word he uses, the term he uses, the name he uses, is he calls himself the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He calls himself a God of relationship. And he, he defines himself, he identifies himself through his intersection with people's lives. 
And he does this intentionally because he wants us to remember that ultimately it's not just celebrating what is in our story, but it's celebrating who is in our story. It's celebrating not just the God who saved us, but the people he spoke through. So this is what I want us to do. This can be really cool, I promise. Just to lay the stage. This is what we're going to do. You're going to take a moment, and you're going to think about someone in your life that, that showed you the, the love and the life of Jesus Christ. All right, so just kind of go there mentally, go back. Think about, okay, yeah, Jimmy, or uh, whatever, Steve, Samantha, whatever. You got that name, all right? So you got that name. Someone that, that in your life, you know, could be a parent, could be a friend, uh, a leader, a, a, a nephew, I don't know. Like, maybe you're one of those families where, like, your nephew's, like, older. I don't know. But, like, do think of someone in your life that, that has shown you the love or the life of Jesus Christ, right? You got that person in your head right now. Okay, we all got it. Uh, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to speak those names. All right, we've all got one. And I would just love to hear, I mean, who is represented here, right? Who played a part in putting us in where we are right now based on the conversation or the life or the work or whatever they did in the past, right? So I'm going to turn my mic off so I don't overwhelm us because I'm going to say my name as well. But on the count of three, we're all going to say our name, right? First and or last, I don't know. Just last name, that'd be weird, all right? But, okay, count of three. One, two, three. There's people in our lives that have made a significant impact because God spoke and worked through them. So my encouragement to you is today, send that person a text and just thank them for the role that they played in your life. Or send them a, maybe you don't have their number, send them a Facebook message or whatever it is. I mean, reach out to them and just say, hey, I was just thinking about you and just the role that you played in my life. I just want to thank you for showing me the love of Christ, or the life of Christ through your work and your actions. And that's something we can't forget. We need to remember that we, we want to be surrounded by other people who are always pointing us to the Lord. That's what we talked about last week. That's, that's, the, that's the power of being a part of a community of Christ followers. And so if you're not in one, I mean, I would encourage you to find that, right? You can find that here at Grace. If you go to this easy link that I fixed from last time, last time it didn't work, but now it works, you can sign up for a small group. And you can, you can find yourself in a community of people that are going to point you to Christ. They're going to give you the encouragement that you need to help you remember that God is good. And what's beautiful is as we celebrate that, right? As we're dedicated to celebrating our God and who he is and what he's done, what it does is it builds this anticipation in our hearts and in our minds. That's what happens to the nation of Israel. The people went up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. They camped in Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. They, they literally 40 years to the day after God looked at the nation of Israel and the land of Egypt, they were slaves, they were, they were oppressed, they were held in bondage. 40 years to the day from that original day where he says, I want you to pack up, you're not going to be slaves anymore, I'm going to deliver you. 40 years later, exactly, they crossed this river into the promised land. 
They cross into this new life, this new freedom. And what happens is that Joshua explains that God has done this so that all the nations of the earth might recognize the Lord's power. So you might always obey the Lord your God. He says, I want you to recognize that it's not just our perspectives that change. He says it's the world at large. They look at the change in us. They look at the work that God's done through us. And what happens is it radically changes their perspective of people both inside and outside of the community. And now everyone has a heightened anticipation for what God's going to do next. As we celebrate the work of the Lord, what it does, it allows us to better anticipate what he's going to do. As God's people, we can all look forward to looking back. your heart burdened? (laughs) I just, I love this (laughs) on so many levels. One of which is even in the commercial, even in their biggest, best pitch for their product, they recognize that as as you're asking someone to enter into a lifelong commitment, you're literally saying to this person, like, hey, let's hang out until one of us is dead, right? Like, that's that's what you're in the middle of. They know <laughs> the forefront of your mind is, but by golly, I got to get that on the Insta. Like, I got to get that in my story. And I want to watch it three minutes later, right? That's what I love. Oh, we were so young 30 seconds ago, right? Man, it's just that moment of recognizing that we as a people, we do, we love to remember. That's a natural bent in who we are. God is saying, I want to channel that emotion. I want to channel that passion. I want to channel that remembrance. I want to focus your memory onto what I've done. And that's who we can be. That's, that's what we can do as God's people. In every circumstance, we can anticipate the future moment that we're going to celebrate. That's what we have. We have a hope in heaven that transcends this world that moves beyond this life. We can know in every given moment that God is on the move, that God is at work. And that gives us a confidence in celebrating and in anticipating even more cause to celebrate in this life or in the next. And that, that celebration, it creates this future confidence that the Lord is still good, that he's still on the move. I don't have to be anxious about what I've done. I don't have to be hung up on those moments in my past because I'm anticipating what God is gonna do next. It's a radical change in perspective. It's a faith that's rooted in the past and creates a present confidence in my future. We can look forward to looking back. We can anticipate those moments when we'll celebrate. And in the meantime, we just keep celebrating. We keep speaking those names. We keep encouraging and and hearing from one another, hearing those stories, telling the events, that that the experiences that God has given us. And we we have moments like what we're going to close with this this morning called communion. It's something that's been given to us by the Lord to, to celebrate and remember what he's done. 
And so even as the band comes up to, to prepare and, and to lead us kind of in this, in this worshipful kind of close, what, what I'll tell you is that communion is this incredible symbol and this incredible opportunity to simply remember what God has done, who he is, what he's accomplished. And as we look back on the sacrifice of Christ, suddenly we can be more excited about what we're expecting to happen moving forward. Paul describes in 1 Corinthians as he says, every time you, you, you take this bread, every time you drink from this cup, what's happening is you're proclaiming the work of Christ. He says, that's what you're doing. You're remembering what he's done and you're proclaiming his work and your experience to all the world that it might shape everyone's ex- expectations for what's next. So when we move into this worship, I'll just, I'll just let you know, we'll, we'll have kind of little stations around the room. There's a couple up front. There's three scattered in the back. As you feel led, right, it's not, a, there's no like line or like order or process. You're not gonna be dismissed, anything like that. You don't even have to go. It's, it's fine. It just, as you feel led, as if you've placed your trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, man, this is an opportunity for you to come forward and just remember what he's done, to celebrate his work. So as you feel led over these next few minutes, come up, celebrate. And through all of it, man, join me in praying and asking the Lord to just heighten our anticipation for what's down the road. Lord God, we thank you that you have shown us your love and your care and your power and your strength. God, you've shown it to us in so many ways. God, through so many experiences, through so many relationships, through so many people. And God, there's, there, there's, there's so many other experiences that we can have that, that, will, that will smother those memories. And, and God, we know that it's hard for us sometimes to remember to remember. God, it's, it's hard for us sometimes to, to cling to those, those moments when we've seen you most clearly. So God, we ask that this morning would be a moment where we just kind of, we throw our stone down, we mark it, and we say, God, th- this is a day I'm going to remember. God, these are the things that you've done. Maybe it's a stone of something that happened this past week, or maybe it's related to something years in the past. But God, today is the day that we're going to say, no, I'm, I'm going I'm to hold to this. I'm going to look at this. I'm going to remember this. And this experience is going to shape the way that I move forward. For some of us, maybe that moment, that, that kind of remembrance, that, that stone we need to put down is simply acknowledging, hey, uh, I want to enter the family of God. I want to make this not just things I've heard or things I've said. I want to make this a reality of the state of my heart. I, I want to find this identity. I want to be in this new life. I want, to, I want to have this new hope. So, I mean, our, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, but, I mean, I would, I would just ask that if that's you, I mean, if you're in a moment where you're saying this, I just need to kind of signify that, I've, that I want to leave death and enter life, that I really want to follow Jesus Christ. And maybe it's something that, that, that you've been kind of being drawn towards for a while. Maybe it's a conversation you've been continuing to have. Maybe it's, maybe it's recent. Maybe it's, it's years in the making. But man, if that's you, if you're saying, man, I, I want to I mark 
this moment, I want to I put down this rock that signifies that, that I'm no longer a slave to fear and regret and guilt and shame, but that I can be free from condemnation. I can be free from, from that hopelessness. I can find life and hope in Jesus Christ. If that's you, I would love to pray for you. So if that's you, if, if you would lift your hands so that I can pray for just where I know where you are, so I can pray for you in just the state of your heart. Awesome. If y'all would just leave your hands up, I would love to pray for you. God, we are just so grateful. God, for the way that your spirit moves. God, in the most unexpected ways. God, you can change hearts and you can change lives and you can bring the dead to life and you can, you can bring hope to the hopeless. And God, you have been moving and working in the lives of these students and, and you want them to know you on a, on a new level, to experience life in, in a new way, to have a joy that's, that's simply incomparable to anything this world offers. And so if y'all would just join me in praying and, and acknowledging, God, that we're broken. Apart from you, God, we, we can't have relationship with you, Lord. We, we can't find real satisfaction in this world, God, because there's sin, because we, we've, we've left the path that you designed for us. And, and yet, God, you sent Jesus to, to make a way when we had no way, God, to build that bridge, to, to redeem us out of that de- despair. So, God, we trust that, that what Jesus did, it was enough, that his work is complete, that we can be forgiven, that we can find life by just simply trusting in who he is and what he's done. God, that's who we want to be. Y'all can put your hands down and I would just encourage you to talk with someone, to share your story today. Come share it with me, please. For all of us, we, we should come before the Lord right now and just ask him, God, soften our hearts, Lord, and open our eyes. Let us see the things that you've done. Help us remember how good you are take these next few moments and just ask the Lord to bring to your mind the work that he's accomplished on your behalf, whatever that might look like. Pray that now.